Well, good evening, New Life Church. Good to see everybody tonight. Thank you for joining us. Um, we are going to be looking at Psalm 100 tonight, a devotion from Psalm 100. If you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. Um, if not, we will have the words on the, on the screen, this, the, the passage of Scripture. Um, while you're turning there, I just wanted to maybe start this um, message with a, with a story that I found this week about a beggar boy who was on the side of the road, and there were only a few coins that were in his hat um, as people would pass by him quite hurriedly. And then a man was walking by, he took a few coins from his pocket and he dropped them into the hat. And then he took the sign and he, he turned the sign around and he, he wrote some extra words on the sign. And then he put the sign back in the boy's hand so that everyone who walked by would see the, the new words that were there. And soon the, the hat began to fill up quite quickly. A lot more people were giving money to the, this blind boy. And that afternoon, the man who had changed the sign returned to see how things were. And the boy recognized his footsteps and, and asked him, were you the one who changed my sign this morning? And, and what did you write? What did you write on the sign? And the man said, well, I only wrote the truth. I said what you said, but in a different way. I wrote, today is a beautiful day, but I cannot see it. And of course, both signs, they spoke the truth, but the first sign simply said that the boy was blind, while the second sign conveyed to everyone walking by how grateful that they should be to, to be able to see. And when our life seems full of trouble, it seems difficult to maintain an attitude of gratitude. We've been learning that phrase this week with my children, an attitude of gratitude. And um, all we sometimes see are all the problems. And we just see the storm clouds, and we don't realize that the storm is going to pass. And the times when everything seems to be going smoothly are, are the times that we are thankful for. But when troubles come, when the storms come, all we see are our problems. And all we see are the negative things. And we can forget to be thankful. Well, tonight's psalm is about remembering to be thankful. Remembering to have an attitude of gratitude. In fact, this psalm is used often when um, the Americans celebrate Thanksgiving. So it's a familiar psalm to, to many people. But it is a psalm all about Thanksgiving. It's actually a hymn and it's a praise unto God, our Creator. Um, and remember, we often take things for granted and we, we caught up in the, the mundane things of the world. But this psalm is to remind us to sing unto the Lord joyfully and to make uh, our praises known to Him in, a, in an attitude of gratitude. So let's read Psalm 100. We're going to read all five verses. I would encourage you, if you memorize this, it would be a wonderful opportunity for your children to remember the attitude of gratitude. So Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. 
and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Why don't we pray before we spend some time here. Lord, we ask for your blessings upon your word tonight. Father, we pray that you keep the distractions away from us. Put a hedge around us, Lord, so that we can, we can worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth today. It's been a busy week, Lord, and I know many of us are tired. But Father, we, we want to worship you. We want to honor you tonight. We want to give thanks tonight for for your goodness to us and we pray that you change our attitudes change our hearts tonight as we refresh our minds as we wash our minds with the water of the word um, in psalm 100 so please we ask that the spirit would teach us and allow none of your words to fall to the ground today we ask in jesus name amen so straight away in verse one we see that this is a psalm for giving thanks and it tells us in verse one Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And then we see in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And the psalmist is very intentional in using the word serve there. Um, this is a, a service of gratitude. It's really an, an attitude that we're looking at here. Um, the word serve is used in a sense of worship, which is, which is what worship is. Worship is service, and worship is to appear before the Lord in a, in, a, in a joyful, obedient frame of mind. Worship is when we make ourselves available to God to do whatever He requires of us. But notice, it tells us there in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, why do we have to be told to do this? Why do we have to be told to serve the Lord with gladness? Well, I think the answer is because if you're like me and most people, we, we have a short memory. We tend to forget, isn't it? Um, remember Numbers 21. The Israelites had been delivered, delivered from the slavery and the bondage while they were in Egypt. And they were traveling across the wilderness to the promised land. And the scriptures tell us that the people became impatient along the way. And as a result, they started mumbling and they started complaining and they started speaking against God and they started speaking against Moses. And rather than worshiping and thanking God for their blessings, they, they grumbled and complained. And God had delivered them from the slavery of Egypt, but instead they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to be slaves. And God had blessed them with with manna from heaven and, and quails from heaven. They had, um, they had veg and they had non-veg. And they didn't even have to work for it. They didn't even have to toil the land. It was there for them when they woke up in the mornings. But these blessings were, were shortly forgotten. And God gave them even water from rocks. They never went thirsty. He provided clothes and shoes for them that never wore out. If you are a parent, you will understand what a blessing it is when we have to keep on buying clothes for our children, isn't it? But their clothes never wore out. The Lord led them by day, by a pillar of smoke, and He led them um, a, a cloud. And in, a, in the night, He led them with a pillar of fire. 
He was always there with them. He was always providing for them. He was always caring for them. And still, the scriptures tell us that they complained. The Israelites complained. Numbers 21 verse 6, we see it there on the screen. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. So this is the judgment upon the people for complaining. The Lord sent these serpents. And I think there's a lesson here. The Lord obviously doesn't want us to, to serve Him out of drudgery or out of necessity. We see in our passage that the Lord wants us to serve Him with gladness. He wants us to be enjoying serving Him. He wants us to be enjoying Him. And those who have come to know the Lord God Almighty, we, we are not only His children, but the Bible also uses the, the, the synonym that we are His servants. But this is not a, a, a servant, uh, like I said, a service of drudgery. Augustine of Hippo, he was one of the, the early church fathers. He wrote a sermon on this in Psalm 100, and, and these are some of the words he says. He says, Fear not the servitude of the Lord. There will be no groaning there, no discontent, no indignation. No one seeks to be sold to another master since it is a sweet service because we are all redeemed. And I think when we hear the word servant, some of us have these bad images in our mind of some of the ways that people abuse servants and even slaves that we um, heard terrible stories about. But the master who is our God isn't this type of master. His service is our service to Him is, is, a, is a pleasant service. We don't have to worry about being mistreated. We don't have to be worried um, about the Ill, treat, the Ill service upon us. We are loved by the King. And I think the reason the Lord punished the Israelites in Numbers 21 was to remind them that He was God and not not them, that he was God, that he was their father, that he knew what was best for them. He knew better than they did, even though they thought they knew what was best. They thought they knew that it was better to be back in, a, in, in Egypt as slaves. The Lord knew what was best for them. He was their father. He knew best. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 tells us, for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives the lord disciplines those that he loves and that's important for us to remember and we see that happening with the israelites there in numbers 21 the lord disciplined them because he loved them he wasn't doing it to because he was an evil person because he had bad motives he did it because he loved them and he knew what was best for them Look at Psalm 100, verse 3. Look at verse 3. This is going to the next point here. We see it says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. 
The point I'm trying to make tonight is that the Lord made us. The Lord has made us. He is our master. We are his servants. He is our creator, and we are his creatures. And, and sadly, not everybody believes this today. And I think the implications that God created the world, and especially that God created you and me, are enormous. The world itself is not ultimate. The fact that the world sprang from the, the mind and the, the word and the hand of God is a, is a revolutionary idea in our day today. This means that everything in the universe has a purpose. Everything in this universe has a purpose. You know, we are not a result of some random choice or some genetic mutation or some gene reassortment or some chromosomal accident. We are created. We are designed by God. Every one of us is the result of an idea, a plan, an action of God himself. And that truth brings, brings meaning and responsibility to human life. The truth is none of us are autonomous. None of us can live without God. And that is why the psalmist tells us that we are his sheep. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, we often talk about our rights, isn't it? We often talk about our liberties. And there is so much talk about that in our day and age. But we are not really as, as free as we would like to think. We are created for a purpose. And we have a master who we are to serve and who we are to enjoy. And we are not independent. We are very dependent on this God. We are owned. We are His possession. We are His sheep, the Scripture talks about here. And like sheep, we often go out searching for the green pastures and the still waters. Um, we know they promise to us, but we often take matters into our own hands and and off we go searching for something bigger and better. And every time we go out searching for these things, we invariably end up in the wrong place. We end up in the wrong destination. We end up in the far country. And God is saying in this passage here, why don't you be the sheep and let me be the shepherd? <laughs> you be the sheep, let me be the shepherd, and I will lead you beside the still waters and the green pastures. Just let me lead. Just let me lead. And we have to be reminded about this, don't we? We have to be intentionally making efforts to recognize the blessings that we often take for granted. We need to focus on what the Lord has blessed us with, rather focusing on, on the things that we don't have or the things that we think that we need, or the things that we think will improve our, our position or our place in life. And here are a few suggestions that I wanted to leave with you tonight. A few suggestions to help us improve our, our attitude of gratitude. Firstly, be thankful when you don't know something. That always gives us the opportunity to learn. 
And we can be thankful for the difficult times. Because it's these times where we learn to grow. Where we learn to love more. Where we learn to depend more. Be thankful for your limitations. Because they give us opportunities to improve. And be thankful for the different challenges that the Lord gives us. Because those are opportunities for us to build our character and to grow in strength and grace. Also be thankful for the mistakes that you make. Because the mistakes are often there to help us learn valuable lessons. Be thankful when you're tired and when you're weary. Because it means that you've made a difference. You've made a difference. You know, it's easy to be thankful for for the good times and the good things. But a life of true fulfillment can come to those who are thankful even for the setbacks, who are thankful for the difficult times, who are thankful for the hard times. And as hard as it may be, we need to try and find a way to be thankful for our troubles so that they can be blessings. And the Scriptures tell us that we need to avoid complaining. Paul, the apostle, he wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, he said, Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Do everything without complaining and without arguing. There's a story I found this week about Corrie ten Boom. You may have heard the name. She was a Jew, a, a Christian Jew, who was taken to the concentration camps during World War II. And she stayed in barrack number 28. That's a famous barrack still because of the story, because of Corrie ten Boom. Well, this particular barrack was, was infested with fleas. And it was almost unbearable for the ladies that were there at this concentration camp. But one night, um, they read... 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which says, Give thanks in all circumstances. And it was Corrie's sister who said to her, God wants us to be thankful for the fleas. And Corrie looked at her and said, No way, I think you're taking this just a little bit too far. I don't think that's what it means. I'm not going to thank God for these infernal fleas. Well, a little while passed, and they started more people started coming to this Bible study, the ladies' Bible study that her and her sister started. More, more of the ladies, more and more women came. And Corrie started wondering when they were going to get caught by the, the Nazis, when they were going to be found out. And each week passed, each month passed, and still nobody came to Barrack 28. And eventually... She asked one of the women, why don't the Nazis come in and check on us? They're not even willing to to come inside and see what we're doing. And the lady replied, well, it's because of the fleas. (laughs) It's because of the fleas. They won't come near this place because of the fleas. And then Corrie remembered this Bible verse and thanked God for the fleas. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's another passage in Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul the Apostle, he talks about 
giving thanks. And he says in verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So don't be filled with the Spirit. Sorry, don't be filled with, with other things. Be filled with the Spirit. And then he says, Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we can't give thanks. We can't have an attitude of gratitude if we are not filled with the Spirit of God. First and foremost, if we are grumbling and complaining, it's because we are controlled by the flesh. We are controlled by other things. And then all we want to do is, is see the, the negative. All we want to do is complain. If we are filled with the Spirit, we will have an, an attitude of joy. We see the melody that's ha- taking place there in the heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we giving thanks? Are we thankful to the Lord even for the difficult things that we are experiencing, the difficult, hard trials that, that we may be going through? Well, let me remind you again why we need to be thankful. Verse 5 tells us, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. This is going back to our Master. Who is our Master? Who is our Creator? He is a good God. He is God. And this steadfast love endures forever. And if you agree with that, then you would have to admit that He is able to work all circumstances of our life for His good purpose. And the Scripture tells us that, doesn't it? The Scriptures tell us that. Romans 8.28. But I think sometimes people use that verse generically. But this is not a generic promise for every human being. Now, this promise is for those who trust in Him, those who put their faith in action. And Paul makes it clear. He says, this promise is for those who are called according to His purpose, those who are believers, and for those who love Him. And it's for those who are trusting and resting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation who are able to take this promise. And if you're trusting in Jesus Christ and trouble comes, you have this promise. And it's an absolute promise. Everything that happens in our life, God will use for good. That is a promise. I'm not saying that everything is good. I don't think those fleas were good. I don't think the coronavirus is good. I don't think it's good when people lose their jobs. I don't think it's good when when there is sickness. But what I am saying is that God uses all these bad things. And everything that happens in our life, God purposes it for our good. God uses it for our good. And do we believe that? It's so easy to say, isn't it? I think it's even more easy to forget. God is not calling us to be fatalists. He's not calling us to be stoics. We know that God is ultimately and absolutely God. And that He is in utter control of everything. He is sovereign. And even those hard providences that we have difficulty understanding, even 
even this coronavirus. Let me make one last application. In verse 4, the Lord tells us, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This whole passage is telling us to be thankful, to remind us to serve him with joy. You know, our greatest problem as Christians has been taken care of. If you're a believer here tonight, you have no fear of condemnation. You will not be judged for your sins because Jesus Christ has already paid that price on the cross. Your greatest problem has been taken care of because of his tender mercies, because of his loving kindness. He has paid for your sins. But I'm sure all of us tonight bring something to his courts. And maybe not all of us are praising the Lord for it. All of us bring something. All of us enter his courts. Some of us not with praise. Some of us bring good harvests. Some of us tonight maybe have had good news. Um, And it's our our duty to, to praise the Lord for that. But there are a number of us, I'm sure, that are struggling with hard circumstances. Maybe maybe a difficult diagnosis. Maybe we have a, a loved child or a loved spouse who is straying away from the Lord. Or we're going through financial pressures. Or we have a, a boss who is, who is difficult to deal with. Or a, or a neighbor or a friend who's, who's impossible. There's a number of difficulties that, that we could be having right now bringing to the Lord. But when we come to the Lord's courts, we have to bring all these things, not just some of these things. We have to bring all these things to Him. And we must do it with gladness. Even the difficult things, we must do with gladness because we know the Lord knows best. Because we can trust His character. Because we can trust that He is sovereign. And that He is working His will for our good. And we can praise Him for that without grumbling and without complaining. Trusting that the Lord knows best. True worship comes from true hearts. And true hearts are filled to overflowing with gladness. With gladness. And to be the Lord's servant is to serve the master who has the best interest of his people in mind. You know, we spend so much time serving bosses, don't we? We think they have our best interest at heart until, until, they, until the trouble comes. Until the, the economic crunch hits. But we serve a master who always has our best interests in mind. And to serve God is to serve the one who never fails. He never fails to recognize even our smallest gesture of service to Him. Even the fact that you're here tonight, even though it took you an hour to come here tonight like it did us, even though you worked until 6 o'clock, the Lord doesn't see, doesn't, Ignore our smallest gestures of service to Him. 
It's a great thing indeed to serve the Lord with gladness. That's what we're here to do tonight, to praise Him, to sing worship to Him tonight. We are followers of Christ, and if Christ is our Lord, then we have to agree that the Lord is good. We're thankful for His mercy, His everlasting love. And notice there, His everlasting love. His love endures forever. This is a truth. His love never runs out. It endures to all generations, not just to us, not just to our parents, but to our children and our children's children. And that was true when these words were written. And now a thousand years later, we are not even close to the end of all generations. Christ is yesterday, today, and forever. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Serve the Lord with gladness. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this very short but very powerful devotion. Lord, I can understand why it was written as a song. So people would repeat these words over and over again while they were going through difficult times so that they could remember these valuable truths that you are our God and we are your people. You are our shepherd. We are your sheep. And we can trust you. And tonight we want to give you thanks for being a merciful, gracious God. We pray, Lord, that you would help our attitude of gratitude. Help us to remember, Lord, that you have rescued us from the pit of hell. And that you have redeemed us. You have paid the price that needed to be paid on that cross so that we would no longer be condemned in our sins, so that we could have everlasting life. Lord, we have so much today to praise you for, and we want to do that tonight. Please, Lord, we pray. Help us to leave here with a heart filled with gratitude. And even though we go through tough times, may we remember your character. May we remember your love for us. And may we remember this wonderful truth that you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. So bless your people, Lord, for the sake of your great name and for our joy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.